Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I am joined by Garrett. Hey, everybody. And Tarek. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Hello. Austin Stockbridge. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> Tonight we're very... <laughs> to be joined by a very special guest, Austin Stockbridge, one of the uh, famous Stockbridges of MRS Techniques in Pretoria. Uh, Austin is uh, part of, of a family that are practically IPSC royalty in South Africa. His dad is a very, very long-time IPSC shooter. His mom was practice school before we had practice school. And Austin has done one or two exciting things in IPSC, including winning some sort of shoot in 2002. Uh, so Austin is the 2002 modified world champion of IPSC. So just his fault, he knows a little bit about shooting. Um, we're very excited to have him on the show tonight. Um, and we think you're going to enjoy this a hell of a lot. Thanks, Austin. Thanks very much, Jerick. It's a hell of an intro there. Eh? <laughs> and one of Austin's other claims to fame, besides being a world champion, is that his SAPSA number is one. Yes, number one. <laughs> this is really difficult to remember. I have to write it down sometimes. It's more <laughs> difficult when you have it to... on the third try. <laughs> yeah, it's more difficult when you have to put the zeros in front of the one. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. <laughs> Yeah, that. That so tonight like what we thought we would chat about is uh, how Austin kind of got into the sport, um, what he's, he's done with the sport over the years, what he did to, to win the World Shoot in 2002, um, and just generally chatting to him about shooting. So uh, let's jump off with it, Austin. What, how did you start shooting? What, what, got, you into, what got you into the game? Well... I didn't really have much choice in the matter, really. Um, I was four years old, and I was taken to the Bisley Shooting Range. Now, if you know Bisley Shooting Range in the UK, the biggest, probably one of the biggest, at its time, probably the biggest shooting centres in the world, um, and got taken down there, and you, you're just in it. Um, my dad's been involved in the sport right from, right from the beginning. Um, he was one of the founder members of UKPSA, so shooting... He, he started, I think UKPSA started in 1974, and I was born in 1975, so I'm pretty much born into it. So with my dad doing shooting and all the rest of the stuff, you know, you, you've got to go to the range. So you pretty much spend every single weekend at a shooting range with your father and just learning stuff. So I had a gun, well, a plastic gun at the time because I was a bit young, so messing about and everything. So I did actually wait till seven before I got my first Walford PPK in 22. So I've pretty much been shooting since the age of seven years old. <laughs> uh, we moved out to South Africa when, uh, when I was five years old. And um, my dad joined at, uh, what was it called, Blue Valley back then, which is now Guthrie Shooting Range in Midrand. And pretty much got to start to know the guys right from then. 
you know, you're just a small little oaky and just all, all around shooting all the time. So you pick stuff up and you play stuff and you have a stick in your hand and you shoot stuff and you just play around with it. So learning learning from these guys way back then was you know pretty much where I got it from. Um, fast forwarding a little bit to where I actually first started my official competitions. Uh, started shooting. I shot my first match in January 1993 was my first official match. And that was at the Escort shooting range in Pretoria, which is now uh, now SWAT. I shot there. Um, I didn't do particularly well, but I didn't come last. I thought, well, that's not too bad. I can do this. Probably, I was still nervous as all hell. I remember the stage. You started back to target. So everybody's looking at you while you're standing there with your hands above your head, facing everybody, and everyone's looking at you. Luckily, in those days, we didn't have cameras or cell phones or anything like that. So there was no photos. To, to catch the capture at all. So, yeah, got on with that, shooting everything. Went on that year, 2004, thinking you're going to be the best shooter in the whole wide world. Doesn't always happen. So January was the first one. I shot my first big match was in 94. We had a level four at, at this score as well. Um, at the time, I was shooting uh, a 38 Super stand up, but it would have been a 38 Super Classic gun, as, as today, today's would be. Uh, I shot that. I, I try to shoot it fast, because I was... The IPSC rules back then is you always had to shoot with your parents if you were a minor. So I always shot with my dad. My dad was being being one of the top shooters in the country, was always in the top squad. So I was always shooting with the top guys right from the beginning. Now, <laughs> those guys didn't give you a break for nothing. You'd be picking up topics, you'd be patching targets, you'd be buying cool drinks, you'd be trying to shoot as well and listen. And now you've been shooting for a total of six months and, and now you think, I can shoot as fast as those oaks. <laughs> so you're self-double-tapping <laughs> like a maniac and then you miss. And instead of giving constructive advice and things like that, these oaks would be rude and tell you that you fucked up badly on that stage. You can't shoot that fast. You've got to shoot slower. Don't do that. Don't do that. So it was a, it was purely a, a baptism by fire. You're in it at the deep end and you got to perform. So, you know, with the likes of who was shooting back then, that was like Colin Am, Gary Holtman, those kind of guys. We're shooting, shooting with all those guys. So there was no sympathy, nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. So come to the level four, um, I decided that, you know, shooting this classic gun was no good. So we put a compensator on it. So happy days. Now I've got a compensator. Now I can double tatter. But now this is a single stack, single stack 38 super. So I was still reloading like a crazy beast. <laughs> so I shot the first day. It was a, a three-day match or a four-day match. I can't remember. But I remember shooting the first day with that gun. Then somebody flew in from... Actually, it was Nick Alexikos. He flew in from Canada, and he brought a STI frame for me. So, excellent, had this STI frame, but now I wanted to shoot it. So, I get home after the first day match. I said, Dad, we need to fit this thing. So, my dad's fitting this gun on on the Friday night. Never shot it before. But we'll go and try it out tomorrow. So, I shoot the next two days. Boom, have a, have a nice day. Now, with a double stack gun. But this is now a double stack gun compensated, no scope, no scope at all. This is still iron sights, so give it some. So <laughs> I won that match in junior. 
Shit. Because I was the only junior. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best ones. Default, default, default. But the cool thing was, I won $100 and I, and I got a certificate from the from the president of IPSC at the time was uh, J.P. Denis. So I got a certificate for winning the, the I can't remember what it was, it was the Le Prix de President, the President's Award. For, I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool. So I've now got like the highest honor in IPSC and I've only been shooting for like six months. And I've got $100. And like, <laughs> you don't have to do the maths, but $1994, was rather a sizable chunk of cash. I mean, like, I was I was going to like buy a yacht. But <laughs> anyway, that that was cool. So 95 carried on, just a regular shooting year. I think in 95, carried it with the same gun, and I think I got a scope that year. So I got a Tesco PDP-3, popped that on the gun, and yeah, shooting changed. Shooting changed a lot with that. Uh, built another gun. We built a custom-made, it was a Colt top end, uh, 38 Super. Had a titanium compensator with 10 ports on the, so we call it the V10, and a big port on the front. So I shot that gun and messed around with millions of different bullets, and I ended up going with a 158 grain lead round nose. So that was awesome. So I say lead because we didn't shoot copper bullets for a long, long time. There was lead bullets all the time. If you wanted your bullets to look shiny, you would take a little cloth and you'd literally sit and polish every single one of that. Look at that shiny silver boy. No one has time for that shit. Yeah. No, I did it once, eh? I did it for one match. I thought, no, screw that shit. That's, that's just a waste of time. So, Nike... Austin, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Was that the days when there was one division? There was one division, yeah. You shot you shot IPSC. You shot... No, there was two divisions. Uh, men and ladies, basically. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you shot... You were either men or lady. So you had and we guns. Had, we had guns. <laughs> you had a gun, and that was it. Uh... We we shot, yeah. It was it was uh, the the national teams was a was a six person team, and two reserves and a manager. That that was your team, and the the, the competition was fierce. It, it was it was it was it was dreadful at the time. It was, I mean, you could have had any of the top twelve guys could have won that match without a problem, and you there was it wasn't really the time where one oak would win it all the time. It was literally this oak then that oak. It was, yeah, it was it was it was different. So 1995, uh, I can't remember what happened, 95, it was a while back. 96, the uh, first national was at Premier, uh, which I won. I won that national, so I was fucking, I was super stoked. I was living in Maritzburg at the time with, uh, I was working for a company called Buffalo Bullets. My job at the time was to load ammunition. So there I was, uh, I used to load a minimum, a minimum a day. We had to load ten thousand a day, so I was loading ten thousand nine mils or the best ones to load were which, which were uh, uh, nine mil shorts because you could really short stroke the machine and you could just like crank them out. So your ten thousand was good. So we had a we had a rather a slave driver of a boss. Um, you know, you think I load my ten thousand before two o'clock? Good stuff. I'm off. No, no. You could probably load another five before before closing time. So there you are, uh, cranking out ammo, cranking out ammo. But the cool thing about it is uh, we would shoot every single day. Like the range was about probably a half a block up the road. We shoot, it was a, it was a, um, 
a railway siding with a with a cover over it, which we put a backstop at the end. We were shooting in there, so we shoot every single day. So either in the morning before you start, or at lunchtime, or after work, we would shoot probably two three hundred rounds every single day. And then on weekend, we'd go out, put another probably four or five hundred rounds over a weekend away. It's just just shooting. So literally, all I did when I was in Marisburg was shooting all the time. And it wasn't just like shooting with any nobodies. I was shooting, uh, I was working for Nick Duplessis, um, and he, he pretty much, like, the hardest coach you can think of, used to get you shooting, get you shooting, get you shooting, and you didn't miss, because if you missed, you'd be punished. So you don't miss, you must just hit the targets. And no Charlies, no Deltas, A's only. So we shot, we, our training, training was something like, we started at 15 meters and moved back to 50 meters. And we literally only do one or two strings at 15 meters, and then you'd move right back. So most of our training was between 25 and 35 meters. Uh, that was also before we changed targets. That was on the old IPSC target draw. So your A zone was, I wouldn't call it quite big, but it was a little bit bigger than we had now. But then we started shooting, well, you move further back, so you think, oh, I could hit that target. So let's shoot headshots only. So we were shooting headshots only at like 50 meters or, you know, crazy stuff. <sighs> yeah, good fun. So I won the nationals, all good. Uh, we drove back from uh, Peter Maritzville, from, from Pretoria, back in the Land Rover. Um, couldn't rapidly won. a long drive. Oh, sorry. During during 94, 95, they actually brought out a second division called Standard, Standard Gun. And... Clint won standard gun and I won open gun. And driving back in the Land Rover was, let's say the driver didn't drink any, but Clint and I drank a lot. We had to stop off <laughs> twice to resupply. Now, that was, that was a... <laughs> 96 was a, uh, was a world shoot year, uh, world shoot Brazil. So uh, I think the team selection was the next one. It was in... Uh, where were we? Can't remember the range. We stayed at Los Cop Dam, so it must have been that area. Anyway, they had the team selection. Um, you know, I was pretty confident I was going to be in the team. Just won a national. I'm lying fourth on the log. It was a six-man team. You know, I'm, I'm in. All good. So they go calling out the names. I think the name this and this and this. We got a fourth, and it's not me. And then fifth, it's not me. And then sixth, I'm like, it's not me. Like, what? What, what, what? So I didn't make the teams, despite being fourth on the log, and I didn't make I didn't make the team for Brazil. So 96 was also the year where I became a man. I turned 21 in that year. So I thought, well, screw this. I've had a birthday. I've made some cash on this. That was before people used to give you whiskey for your birthday. They used to give you cash. So I said, no, screw this. I'm going to go to Brazil anyway. I'm going to enter as an individual. So things came up. Um, luckily, I was still working in uh, in Marisburg, loading ammo, shooting every day. So I thought, yeah, pretty cool. I'll do this. So I ended up going to Brazil. All cool. Shoot Brazil. Brilliant. First world shoot ever. You're like in all, all the people you've been looking in magazines and everything like you never met them because there's no internet. So you see these actually in magazines, you know, American handgunner, there was gun games at the time. You get to meet all these guys. And, you know, with, I've obviously known a few of them before, but, uh, you know, like Rob Latham and those guys have been out to South Africa and my dad, my dad shot with them a few times, so I do know them. 
But now you never met them. So now you're like this new young junior shooter. And now because you're the new guy, you know, everyone's like, you know, fetch this, fetch that. So, so myself and Gerald Gardner find ourselves in a lift with a case of beers that we've actually just got to bought from a, from a petrol station across the road, but in a bag with ice, standing in the lift there. And who walks into the lift? Rob Latham. And now you've never met the guy face to face, but there's your eye. You're standing there with two bags of beer with ice in it, pissing water all over the inside of the lift. <laughs> Yeah, that was my first meeting with Ross Mason. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. So going on with the match, going pretty good. Um, yeah, doing doing well. I was probably, um, if the team was there, I was probably sort of level peggings with the team. Would doing well. Get to the last day. The last day, uh, three stages from the end. We get a stage. Uh, a long sort of medium course you had to carry a dummy over your shoulder so it was the first the first four targets was a strong end only you go up and over this bank drop, drop the dummy finish the stage so you start here run down into this little hole two targets on the left two targets on the right set of steps Oro says the steps is the 180 if you're on the 180 if you're on the steps and you break the 180 you're out of here so whatever whatever so anyway Get on, beep, two on the left, two on the right, two on the left, two on the right. Get on the steps, look back at the target. Oh, shit, there's only one shot on that target. I'm halfway up the steps. Now, if you're ever going to break the 180, pull the fucking shot off as well. (laughs) 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 Put your gun back and shoot. So, So I did that, up and over the boom. Carrying the flipping dummy on my shoulders, throw the dummy in the thing there, carry on shooting, and then I feel the icy hand of death on my shoulder. <laughs> Unknown show clear. Like, okay. So, Unknown show clear. My whole squad's like, oh, no, that was pretty bad. Three stages from the end on the last day. So, I go back to that target. The first two on the left, two alphas, two alphas, alpha, delta, and two alphas. And I filled in another alpha, so there was a delta on the target I didn't need to fill in anyway. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, that was that was pretty that that was pretty devastating. But you know, I'm a trooper. I, I soldiered on, carried on with it. Um, we had a uh, we had a shoot again in Zimbabwe just after we got back. Um, and I was I was at I must must have been at my folks' place, and I get a phone call from uh, General Work, who was the uh, chairman of SAPSO at the time. And he phones me and says, "You've been selected to shoot for South Africa in Zimbabwe." And I was like. So, yeah, but I got that, went to Zimbabwe, uh, I won the Zimbabwe champs, I think three years in a row I won the Zimbabwe champs, 1998 I was Zimbabwe champion, ended up on Zimbabwe TV as a shooter, like, it's gonna, it's gonna. <laughs> um, that, was all, that was all shooting my open gun. Um, 99 came, we had another world shoot, was in the Philippines. I uh, got selected again to shoot for South Africa, so I shot in the Philippines. Um, then we were shooting with uh, the American team, we had the Filipino team, uh, we had the, uh, who else was with us? The Australians. So we were with, it was when South Africa was still like, we were, I think we were second or third third team in the world at the time, so we were pretty hot shitter then. Um, you know, I can't remember where we were as a team. I can't really remember much about that match. I noticed it was very, very hot. We shot in the quarry. 
uh, with a squatter camp on top, and children would literally stand on the top, peeing down into the range while you were shooting. So they had a range rule. You can't lift your gun more than 45 degrees because you literally would point it at a squatter sitting at the top. Well, they weren't squatters. They were literally, that's where they, that's where they lived. So, yeah, things were going well then. Um, I can't remember when I finished that match. It wasn't brilliant. I think it was top 30 or top 40. I can't remember. Um, yeah, then I took a little bit of a break after that for about, you know, probably two weeks or so. Um, came back. <laughs> a little bit of a break. I was being at the time. But then um, it was around about 2000. Uh, 2000, yeah, it must have been about 2000. Uh, we got a phone call. My mom being, my mom being part of SAPSA, well, you know, the whole time, we had a lot of phone calls from people all over the world. And we got a phone call from... Uh, from a, from a guy in Austria saying he wants his daughter to come and shoot in South Africa and uh, they want to train. So, you know, we're looking for a place where we can load ammo and do some training. So, oh, well, we can do that, yeah. So, anyway, um, these people came over and we did some training, you know, sent a 1050 over and set the 1050 up and we did some training. And, yeah, we got to, got to know them quite well and thought, you know, I'm going to the UK soon. So I said, well, when I go to the UK, why don't I spend a bit of time in Austria as well? So I spent about, must have been about close to three months in Austria. And while I was in Austria, that was about 2000, I went shooting in, you know, we shot in Austria, we shot Germany, we shot Spain, we shot, we shot all over, we shot a lot of matches over there. I shot the European champs, I shot some Czech Republic champs. It was amazing. It was also, shooting every day, then shooting big matches on the weekend, shooting night shoots, shooting all sorts of stuff. So the cool thing was, Anita's dad owned a nightclub. So we would literally spend all night out of the nightclub, sleep, in, sleep until about 10, 11 in the morning, load ammo, shoot in the afternoon, go to the nightclub. So it was, that was my, like, my gap. And it was shooting, nightclubbing, and going mental. It was fantastic. It was a great time. So while I was over there... I saw these guys shooting this this new class that had just come out modified. So I thought, oh, I'll have a go at that. I thought, when I get back, I'll, I'll I'll investigate that and see what I can do. So I had I had a spare suit, 38 Super at the time. So I got back and uh, told my dad about this. I said, you know, this is what they're doing. They they cut the slide away and they mounted a little red dot on it and they 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 shoot the gun like that. So I thought, well, we can do that. So I converted one of my 38 Supers, cut the barrel down so I only had a couple of ports. I had a hybrid hybrid barrel on it with a red dot. So I went and shot that thing. Now I'm shooting a 38 Super. So 38 Super was still minor in modified. So anyway, not many people were shooting it, but it caught on, caught on. So about 2001, people started... They, they, they thought, oh, this is this is the stuff. So it got quite popular and quite a few people selling little red dot sights and putting red dot sights on their guns. So if you look now, you guys are going crazy about red dot sights on guns, but we've been doing this since about 1999. So it's not, it's not necessarily new. <laughs> in, um, in, um, in Philippines, I shot a 38 Super with a slide-mounted red dot sight. That was, that was my first match with a slide-mounted red dot on a 38 Super. So... My job job situation at the time wasn't wasn't awesome. I was working in a gun shop that uh, that closed down, so I decided oh, I need to take a break from the city. So I took a job and I, I went I went into the bush and I went and studied and worked in the bush and I became a field guide. So I was working in the bush, 
and uh, it was a quarter bush lodge in the Sarby Sands, and uh, working for a guy called Dirk Becker, who was also a shooter, which coincidentally worked out quite well, <laughs> and very keen to shoot. So up until, well, leading up until the match in 2002, the world shoot, we would literally go and shoot as much as we can. Obviously, it wasn't every single day you could go and shoot, but we could shoot as much as we could. So it was kind of like when your guests are having lunch, we would sort of sneak away and go and find a, we had a little quarry where we'd go and shoot. Very entertaining because some days you'd get there and you couldn't get to the range because you had a herd of elephants literally on the range. So you get on the range and you're like, Move, lads, move. So you get in the land rover. Now these legs aren't going to move. Take your 38 super out. <laughs> elephants are way out of the way. <laughs> the elephants took a bit of offense to this because you get there the next day and the elephants are like, really? They've trampled your toilet frames. They just trashed the place. <laughs> you ever seen a pepper pot bent in half? That happens if an elephant steps on it. That was my training for the world shoot, chasing elephants off ranches. <laughs> so I took about two weeks off before the match, uh, came up to Pretoria um, and started training here in Pretoria. Um, that's, when, that's, when, that's when I kicked into high gear. Um, bought probably two cases of powder, um, as many bullets as you could carry in one go shitloads of primers and literally my day was wake up in the morning load ammo shoot for the rest of the day come back clean cases and repeat so i was probably doing close to a thousand rounds a day for the for the two weeks leading up to the match i had i had no idea what to expect going up to going up to the sort of the sort of event so yeah i just thought well you can only do what you can do um a friend of mine, Clint Rafferty, said to me, you can only ever shoot a match as best you can shoot a match. I thought, well, that's sound advice, so let me give that a bash. So, <laughs> so before, we, before the match started, I started getting emails about from, from a few people saying, you know, you're shooting modified, so you're doing quite well, because the guys have been watching who's, who's top in the country on the national logs and stuff. Obviously, I've been winning a couple of the matches here, so they say you've been doing quite well. So you get there and you start meeting all the guys, and uh, intimidations—they start intimidating you right off the bat. It was—it was—it was really entertaining. So right from the um, right from the opening ceremony, these guys are like, are oh, ragging you. This, that, that's Austin. That's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. You got to. So I thought, screw it. I'm just—I'm just going to shoot my match. I'm going to the shoot. I'm just going to shoot my match. So I get to the first stage. First stage was. Um, had to climb up a ladder and shoot over the top of a ladder. And I thought, yeah, that's a fucking perfect stage to start. So, right, and it didn't. So, anyway, up the ladder, shoot over the thing. Now, obviously, I'm very hyped up. Adrenaline is kicking in like crazy beast. you got the rest of the world watching you. So, I win the stage by like, like a ridiculous, ridiculous amount of. Like I can't remember, but I, I I smashed it. I think I think they were like a, I was about a second and a half to two seconds faster with almost a full score on the first stage. So people are like, whoa, okay. Like, whoa, maybe I shouldn't have kicked it that hard right from the beginning. <laughs> so you get to the next stage, and you get to the next stage, and you know. Yeah, second on that one, third on that one, first on that one. Get to the end of the first day and you check out the results and you go, shit, I'm in the lead here. 
thought, well, it wasn't too difficult. So I thought, well, clean the gun, get it early night, don't have a drink, just maybe have a beer just to chill things out and sit and everyone else is outside having a braai and a party. I thought, you know what, I can do this. I can actually do this. So next day, same thing again, this way, that way, you know, you first on this one, second on that one, you know, you get involved, then you drop a shot, and it's like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. I've lost it. So it's like, no, you haven't, no, you haven't. So get on it again, keep going, keep going. Yeah, get to the end of stage, day two, and I, shit, I'm, I'm still in the media. Yeah? Like, all right, this is, this is going all right. So now more serious comes in, like, whew, okay, this pressure's kicking in a bit now, so... By day three, pressure, the reality of the, of the task ahead started, started kicking in. So, right. Yeah. So, the same thing on the third day. I, I dropped a couple of points. I think I don't think I won the third day. I thought, oh, fuck it, I'm losing, I'm losing grip here. Anyway, get to, get to the fourth day. And now back on the first day, I kicked kick right back into overdrive again. Got back into the lead quite quickly. So, now... Now these people are starting to get intimidating. So they start coming and asking you stupid questions just before you're about to get on the line. And I thought, you know what, guys, this is, you know, but I'm like, okay, it's cool. But we had a, I had, a, I had, I had probably the best team that you could have at the time. Um, I don't know if you remember, but the team consisted of myself, my brother, my father, and my brother, brother, Justin Naidu. I don't know where he fit in, but you know, he made, he made him an honorary brother for that week. It was it was awesome. So <laughs> we we could still game it a bit and we could still still change the squad order. So what we'd do is my dad would pretty much shoot first out of the four of us. Or Justin would shoot first out of the four of us. So he would go, Okay, he's gonna try it like this. Justin said, I'll try it like this. Guy would say, Okay, I'll try the best way out of the two, and I would go, right, we're gonna we're gonna shoot it that way. So we were proper gaming it, but it was, it was cool. We could we could do that. It was no problem. We could change the squatting order and sequence and stuff like that around. So it was fantastic. So I remember sitting Polokwani was one of the back ranges, and it was very very warm that uh, on that shoot. So one of the uh, Italian ladies, or Italian ladies' wives, came over to me like this, and she came and sat next to me, and she's like talking to me in Italian. I'm like, oh, no, I'm watching the stage. Oh, I'm busy here. So she like unbuttons her shirt. She flashes me like this. Full on flash. Nice. I have to shoot now. And I, I get on the So all, all good, all good. Next day, shoot, shoot, shoot. Second last stage. It was a big, it was a big stage. And I was I was in the lead, but like, you know, it was it was touch and go. Massive stage. My brother shoots in front of me breaks a trigger in his gun. He gets a DNF for the stage, complete zero for that stage. So now I'm rattles. So now I'm like, shit, he's got to done that. I go and shoot. I, I shot like a, I shot like a grade one. I did a, I come across one stage. I bump the mag out of my gun. Don't pick the mag up off my belt. Pick a mag up off the ground. Rock, rack, shake, shake the dirt out of it. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, man? You're, you're, you're throwing it away. Everyone like, behind me, star just. So I was like, magazine in, bang, 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 finish the stage, happy days. So I'm like, I walk off the stage and I just think, I've, I've lost it. I've thrown it all away. I've just completely lost it. So we couldn't quite work out the scores right then, but I thought I'm probably still in the lead. We worked it out, so I'm probably still there. So our last stage was on a on a painter's platform, probably about a five-meter long painter's platform, swinging thing like this, pendulum. 
wonderful stage to try and like make some points up. So I just thought, well, if I've lost it, I've lost it. If I haven't, you know, all I can do. So I get on this painter's platform and I just literally go bang, 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 bang. Full house the stage. Not the most spectacular time, but a full house. So as I jump off the platform, everybody in the squad claps for me and I'm okay, well, I must have won it. But you don't know. You don't have practice score on our phones and you're working out. You're like calculating with pencil paper. You know, you don't have a clue. So we had a, it was a long and sweatful afternoon after that. Um, you know, scores were getting linked out. My, you know, my mum was running stats at the time. Uh, you, know, you think you've won, you go and look at the scoreboard, you look at the scoreboard, you check it again, you check it again. You check, you, yeah, it looks, I think I'm probably worth, I think, I think I'm okay. Then I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what I've done. Anyway, I go back inside, now it's probably about 8 o'clock at night. Maybe not quite, I don't know, but it was, it was dark. So I go back inside and I look at my mum. My mum comes walking over to me and she's crying. And that was it. I was, I was finished. I was, I just knew then. I was absolutely like pandemonium, like, yeah, beers on me, guys. Like it was, it was absolutely awesome. Like probably the best thing in my life. So, you know, it was, it was a good, a good long evening of, uh, of, 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 of refreshing. Let's call it the refreshments. <laughs> the Castle Lager um, caravan that was on the range had to close because they'd kind of run out of, Refreshments. <laughs> so, were you hydrating dramatically? Yes, no, I was hydrating because you know you never know what you're going to get. You're a sportsman. So, yeah. So <clears throat> we decided well, we'll go into town and go and you know go and kill in town. The lights and sights of Polokwane. Well, it was still Petersburg then. Um, look, let me say it's not the best place to go out, but we did, and you know we made the most of it and did what we needed to do. I think I got back to um, back to Harondavel at about four or five in the morning, somewhere around about there. Um, not sure how, don't know, but anyway, I was back. But now, of course, now <laughs> Saturday comes and it's the uh, the shootoffs, the man against man. So you've got to go do that. <laughs> So that was that was entertaining. I had to wake up at about half past six to get ready, and it's like wake up in the morning. Wow, you're very red in the face. <laughs> I was okay because um, let's call it I was still quite refreshed from the night before. So <laughs> <laughs> no, get into this, get into the shootoffs, and everything's cool. First round, first round of blitz, it no problem. Uh, second round of blitz and then, then the guys started the guys from the Philippines started betting against me and one of the, the guys from the Philippines so yeah the money was flying and it got up to like two three thousand dollars at one stage about this anyway I got there and I wasn't shooting against the Filipino we actually never shot against each other at all it's just the way it worked out we never shot against each other and he got knocked out in front of me so I'm like but so do, do I win do I win the money so no, and then sort of just all fizzled out. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got to the grand finals. Then the finals now, and I was shooting against the guy from Brazil, Guga Ribas, and um, it was it was it was a, it was an experience. So it was a five. We had a five string match. So I won the first one. He won the second one. I won the third one. Now he won the fourth one. Now it's like we tie all the way through. So I just remember this. This was like right, give or take. And I looked at him. And he looked at me, and I can see he was shitting himself just as much. I thought, well, screw it. What can you do here? So we literally went bang, bang, bang. We went plate for plate for plate for plate for plate, right up until the reload. Okay? The reload came. We reloaded at the same time. He got his first shot off, and he hit the final plate. 
you hit it first. So I thought, I'm not going to be beaten at this. I've got a video somewhere and I will try and find it. I hit that pepper popper eight times to knock it down and literally fell shook and mine was at the bottom. <laughs> So I was, I was super ecstatic. I wanted to fire shots into the air. Because <laughs> <laughs> was the arrow, and he could see what I was about to do. So he sort of like grabbed my gun and he said, I'm going to show clear. So he grabbed the gun, I pushed the magazine out, hit my back, and I just dropped it into my rage bag on the floor in front of me. And that, that was it. I was, you know, then, then I know I've, I've done it all. I've won the world champs, I've won the shoot offs. I'm like, like you, you, you don't get better than that. You, <laughs> Yeah, flying high like a crazy beast at the time. So, yeah, that was that was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I know taking things away from that, you know, absolutely great. The like the most awesome feeling of my life. But it was kind of like at the end of the day, like Monday, you're back at work. <laughs> it's like oh, you're back at work. You're working with people that don't know you. You've just been on leave for three weeks. You know, you're going to come back and do this. So. Okay, well, there you go. Back to it, eh? Yeah. But it was good fun. Uh, absolutely amazing. I, I, you know, think you're going to win the world shoot. You're going to become a millionaire and get your get your name in lights everywhere. Nothing, nothing like that. I got a write-up in the American Handgunner. Noel um, Latham wrote a nice article in that. Uh, I got a write-up in the Man Magnum. Yeah, so that was it, eh? You know, I didn't get a gun sponsored from SDI. I didn't get any fancy shoes or, you know, Oakley didn't come to me and say, you know, you're the best in the world. Yeah, it's just back to work on Monday, but I'll get on with it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. So, yeah. So I took a bit of a break from training after that. Um, I think I shot a couple of leagues. I was still living in Mpumalanga then, so back at the lodge doing work. Um, yeah, then... That, I'm not saying that was an easy match, but I think my most difficult match was 2005. And that was the that was defending my championship and defending my title in Ecuador. Uh, get to that match, and now you're the hot shot. I don't have the don't have the support from my team. I'm the only English speaking guy in my squad, and these guys want blood. These guys want to kill you. They, they they do a walkthrough and they literally block you out. They'd stand in front of windows. They 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 were they would block you. They was they were they were nasty. They, they were really nasty on that shoot. So I thought, no, this is going to be a difficult one. But anyway, at the end of the day, I managed a fourth position overall on that one. So I was I was super chuffed with that. So. Oh, stop me at any time and ask you questions. I'll just rattle on until three o'clock. No, in the no, morning. no, no, no. This is awesome. Carry oh, on. This is awesome. <laughs> Very great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was cool. Two thousand and yeah, two thousand five Ecuador. Awesome place. Great shoot. Hot as all hell. Um, so get to meet all the all the guys again. Have a great time. Uh, come back off two thousand and five. Think okay, cool. Modified division, sort of. Yeah, you know, so not fizzling out, but you know, I've, like I've done it twice now. Let me change. Let me start shooting something else. So you know, what's the ultimate or what's the the natural progression from there? You're shooting the same gun, so I'm just like, well, take this top end off, put another top end on. So I had a standard gun. So yeah, so went for standard gun, and uh, 2008 we went to Bali, and I shot standard gun and was in the team for Bali. 
that was a that was an intense match. It was extremely hot. We were probably temperature close to like thirty five degrees, but weather was yeah probably about five hundred percent humidity. So it was terrible. We were also the first time we were shooting a six day match with a sag, uh, the staggered shoot. So we were shooting morning afternoons, which made a difference. But the very first time, the first morning we start, it's like about 35 degrees and pissing with rain. So it's wonderful stuff. So now you're trying to wear, you wear a raincoat because you don't want to get everything wet. But now you're sweating like crazy at there and you're shooting at targets in plastic bags. So it's not ideal. Not ideal. Anyway, we did it right there. Um, had a couple of good stages. Had a couple of really shitters. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on I can hit the target at 35 meters, but a five-meter target, I'll leave it, leave it clear. Like, what? What? It's, it's insane. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, back to the drawing board again, shoot a bit more, you know, finish the match. I can't remember where I finished there. I don't, I don't remember things like that. I just don't. I remember finishing first and fourth, but the other ones... <laughs> Those are the important ones. <laughs> Yeah. So, what does it matter? Anyway, so I took, I think, I think again, I took a bit more of a break then after that, um, 2008, and then I moved down to Cape Town in 2009, 2010. I moved, to, I moved to Cape Town. I was working down there, so I wasn't shooting national. I was just shooting local leagues and stuff like that. Uh, so I missed, I missed two world shoots. I missed the Greece one and I missed the American one, which I'm a bit sad about. I would have liked to have done them because they would have made, I would have probably been on about nine world shoots by now, but I missed a few. So what can you do? So came back from Cape Town, came back to work up here, came work for MRS Techniques, get the gun shop going, get everything cool, working with my brother, dad taking a break. So I thought, well, let's try this classic stuff. Let's have a go at this. So, so I got a classic gun. You know, we get a brand new gun out of its box, and before you even take it out into the sunlight in the workshop, that's come off it, that's come off it, this is machine, that's machine, this is cut, that's fitted. So, you know, you've got a brand new gun which you've just cut to pieces and built into a custom-made gun. So we did that, and almost through Classic, and yeah, made the team for Classic, and we went to France and had a crack in France. So, yeah, pretty good. Um, looking at my list here, I've had, I've selected for SA Colors, one, two, three, four, eight times it says on this list. Yeah. So I've shot eight times. I've shot South Africa eight times in four different divisions. So that would be open, modified, standard, and classic. I haven't had a chance to shoot this from, uh, production yet. I have shot one or two shoots in production, but I haven't actually decided to give it give it a go yet. So as far as I know, I'm the only person to get colours for four different pistol divisions. These guys that have got now more different divisions because there's rifle, shotgun, and all the rest in it. But I haven't had, I haven't. I think I must make the hat to do, do the whole thing and do production at some stage as well. But I might wait till I'm a senior, which is and PO just for Terry. And, yeah, yeah, and production optics. Oh, there's another one. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might I might do production first and then when my eyes are like screwed then I'll do production optics <laughs> I mean there's revolver as well if you hate yourself <laughs> Austin's agreed to do that he just gave us the salute revolver's for dirty Harry not for me <laughs> <laughs> so, so, ladies and gentlemen, we'd just like to point out here and now that, that Mr. Stockbridge has confirmed that he will be attempting to make the production team for the next World Shoot. No, I won't. Have witnesses. <laughs> no, no, Lots no, of no, witnesses. 
Ice and our three listeners will always remember this. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. This has been awesome. If you may just think through all of this. <laughs> so, everyone is sitting in Vietnam right now going, Austin is going to shoot production. That dude's dedicated. We see him on the, like, he's on, every time we release an episode, that dude's there. Really? And we do appreciate Good it. Good morning, Hi, Vietnam. To our Vietnamese listener. Oh, that reminds me of send us an email so we can greet you by name. Yeah. <laughs> so where I am at the moment, um, uh, 2020, um, I, I was I was I was trying to get to the shoot the world shoot in Thailand, um, but I didn't make the team for Thailand. Um, bittersweet, um, but I'm glad that the team that's been selected is the best team that is there. Bunch of new guys, bunch of keen guys, bunch of enthusiastic guys, and I uh, wish them all the best of luck for Thailand. I want to be there. I'll be watching on the TV when you're, when you're over there. <laughs> uh, I've sort of hung up my pistol a bit for a while, uh, and I decided to take up this rifle shooting, which is, holy crap, not easy, but fun as well. So... <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, no, look, I've been doing this game for a long, long time. Um, you know, not the, I definitely not the longest shooter, all the oldest and stuff like that, but um, I started shooting as a junior. I'm now in the, what do you call it, open class, and hopefully all going well, I'll be a senior, which I think will probably be another first, and I've shot in all three categories over the, over the time, so that, that should be pretty entertaining. Yeah, I've managed to shoot matches in England, France, Austria, Germany, Spain, Brazil, Ecuador, and the Philippines, and Zimbabwe, and Namibia, so, and South Africa. So I've shot in a few different places, and you know, traveling with a firearm all over the world, as, as I'm sure you've probably done before, it's, um, has its challenges, especially when you're in Brazil. The best place was Hong Kong, walking into an airport with guns in Hong Kong, when guns are absolutely banned. And you have a man with an MP5 yelling at you in Chinese, going, no, 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 and you're going, I think so, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And what you're really saying to him is, brother, you might have an MP5, but you don't want to get into this gunfight. <laughs> no. No. Uh, so over the years, I've shot with probably some of, well, have shot with pretty much all of the best shooters in South Africa. Um, I've shot against them all and beat them. And uh, I've shot against uh, you know, a lot of the international shooters, a lot of the best shooters in the world, and beat some of them. But um, it, it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been awesome, guys. It's, it's absolutely, uh, you, you just gotta remember, you know, why we do this sport, it's, it's for fun. It, it's absolutely for fun. It takes a lot out of your life. You can't just expect to you know, shoot that much and just have a normal life. You, you've got to pretty much eat, live, breathe, shoot and all the time. You, it, it takes a lot out of everything, you know, jobs, relationships, family, everything. It, 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 it takes its toll. So, you know, if you're prepared to do it, that's what you get. And at the end of the day, you get a cool certificate and a medal to hang on your wall, and that's pretty much what you're going to get. You're not going to get fame or fortune out of it. So, yeah, take that as it is. It's it's a sacrifice. It's a life sacrifice, but it's definitely worth it. It's it's absolutely worth doing. You learn a lot. You see a lot. You get to meet a lot of interesting and cool people. But you know, it's what you must do. You got to do it. So, 
I'd, I'd, I'd like to ask you a question, Austin. Actually, this is, this is two versions of the same question, which I think would be quite interesting. One is your advice to a new shooter, someone who's, who started out, wants to either wants to try this IPSC thing or who's just started this IPSC thing. What, what's your advice to them if they want to be good? Um, and then I'll ask you the second half. Just you've I think don't get intimidated by what the top oaks are doing. Obviously, you, you walk into any any sport, you'll see what the top oaks are doing. You think, gee, I'll never be able to do that. You you won't be able to do that as you walk into the game. It's going to take you quite a lot of time to to get that far. And don't be intimidated by all the fancy gizmos and gadgets and all that crap. The, like I've said before, the best, best, best gadget you can buy for your gun is ammunition and learn how to shoot the damn thing. Your gun, your gun's got to be a hundred percent reliable. That that is that is key, and you've got to be able to you've got to be able to be confident with the gun and operate it that way. But the best thing I can say is just just practice, just dry fire and practice as much as you can when you can. And if you can only do it once a week, you can only do it once a week. And and it's you don't need to spend money on uh, on millions of rands worth of kit and gear and everything like that. And look, I own a gun shop and I sell all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you have just done myself out of sales here. You don't need certain guns. Certain guns are better than other guns. And as long as you've got a good gun that's reliable and you can shoot it fine, it doesn't really matter what what you're shooting. Let me give you an example. Two thousand and must have been 2008. You've all heard of a guy called Trent Rafferty. Okay, he he went over to the right, States, right. right? He won the US National shooting a Vector SP2. Right? <laughs> when he finished that match, the Americans came to this guy because he was shooting in Squad 99. No one knew who he, knew who he was. So... When he came, when he finished the match, he's American. So he came over to him and says, "We got to see this gun. This, this is the Space Age gun you're shooting." They looked at his gun and they said to him, "Wow, you shot an amazing match." So <laughs> you, you don't you don't have to have the you don't have to have the best equipment and everything like that. So, so just before you before you ask your next question, I think I, I think now's the right time. In, in, in IPSC at the moment, we've got a trophy floating around called the Racing Snake Trophy. Now, a lot of people don't know the, uh, the history behind that. Um, Clint, Clint shot that match in America, 2008. He came back from that match and he passed away. That was um, a big blow to me. He was he was one of the guys I really looked up to. I shot with him pretty much every day. Um, so that was a big blow. But we met um, James' wife. She put the trophy up. And, yeah, that's where that trophy came from. So that's the Racing State Trophy. So when, when the guys win that trophy, that, that's, that's got meaning to it. So that's, that's where that comes from. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. He, he was a, he was one of the greatest shooters. I think he was one of, one of, one of, one of the greatest shooters we had in the country. Um, he shot. He, he didn't have natural talent. Let me put it that way. He had to work for it. He, he really had to work for his shooting. Um, but probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He uh, 
he had he had um, he had problems. He had he had um, he had cancer, which he fought off. He had a few operations, and he pretty much fought off cancer. But they used to nickname him the Racing Snake because of all the operations he had. He pretty much had no voice. He used to hiss when he spoke. So that's pretty much where he came. There, where that came from. So he, yeah, he, he. That's where that comes from. If anybody wants to know, that's 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 that thing there. But yeah, one of the best shooters we've ever had. Yeah, big respect to him. Cool. Question two. One of, one of my, my proud achievements is being on a team that won that trophy one year. Yes. Along yeah. with Justin and... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so whoever wins that so trophy... My other question... <laughs> my other question is, is, a, is a version of that, and, and it's... I'm partially asking it for Gaz, but I'm also asking it for a couple of the other guys we've got. Our, our team for the World Shoot next year, and we've got some great shooters on it, but we've got it's a lot of new shooters, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. We've we've got the Gazes, we've got we've got Grant, we've got um, why have I just forgotten his name? Other Grant in Cape Town. Um, uh, Grant. We've got a whole lot of of name, name them all. Okay. There's a lot. Name them all. Yeah. No, um, and then there's that dude and those chicks and Sasha yeah. and yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we've got a whole lot of of really good shooters yeah. who are sort of starting out at the beginning of of like the next level of shooting, yeah. going from from being really good nationally to now competing internationally. And, and yeah. considering how much of that you've done, what's your advice to them? Um, my advice would be the same thing what Clint told me is just go and shoot the match you can do because you know that you get to a match in South Africa and you can do this but what happens is and it's happened it, it, it does happen you get to an international match and you know these guys you know these international guys and these folks are like you've been checking them out on YouTube and you've been checking them out for this and that you get, you get starstruck by it they're just people. They're just dudes. And they're there to win. They're actually there to try and beat you. So just as much as you're trying to go beat them, they're there to try and beat you. So you just got to go and shoot your match. Don't get don't get flustered by it. If, as soon as you start getting flustered by it and starstruck by it, you forget what you're doing there. So you just literally have to shoot one shot, one stage, one day, one match at a time. It's like um, shooting six, six stages a day at a, at, a, at a world shoot. I think that'll probably be the same thing every again. You know that it's like shooting a small league every day for six days in a row. That's all you have to do. And, you know, easy as that. I would say easy as that, but it's as simple as that. If you just break it down like that, one shot at a time, one target at a time, one stage at a time, one day at a time, and take it through like that. And if you've made a mistake and you're going to make a mistake, don't carry that shit through. Just forget about it. A miss is a miss. You can't do anything about it. A no shoot's a no shoot. You, can, you can't get it back. It's gone. It's on, it's on the thing. And you don't try and chase to catch it up. Just carry on doing what you were doing to get where you are now. Yeah, you know, you, everybody's going to try and win. But realistically, where we are at the moment, it, the, the standard of the international shooting has got so, so high. And we've, we've got a little bit left behind um, with our shooting. We, we started shooting a little bit more international matches, but we just got to remember that, you know, a lot of the guys we're competing against overseas now, that's their job. That's what they do for a living. That's 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 their thing. You know, we've all got day jobs. We all have to we all have to work. We love shooting, but we all have to work to get where we are now. So 
just go in and shoot one shot at a time. And that's all you need to do. Obviously, hit the middle of the bloody target every time as well. It'll be useful. But, yeah, I guess Guys, did you write that down? Yes. Don't shoot the middle of the no-shoot. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're in the middle or the edge or the side. It, you, you still get you still get the minus points. It doesn't matter. So you might yeah. as well shoot it in the yeah. middle. Yeah, whatever. Like I said, if you're going to break the 180, fire the shot. <laughs> yeah. I think we may have found the official Welcome yeah. to the Gun Show t-shirt slogan. is be honest be honest with yourself be honest with the rest of the shoes when you're going up there you're representing you're representing South Africa right if you have a bad call or you have you do something like that and somebody else sees that you've gained from from something like Call it cheating, right? You've done something stupid, and you get a point because yeah, the rest of the people are going to know that you've done that, and you will be labelled for the next four years or three years until they see you again. As I remember seeing that guy cheat, you'll be labelled as a cheat right through. So be honest, guys. Don't 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 cheat. I've called a few people out cheating before in the sport, and I've called them out on it. And you know, don't do it. You're cheating nobody but yourself, and everybody else sees it. And especially if you're in a team and you're representing a country, it's not it's not you. It's it's the country you're letting down. And if you if you get home at the end of the day and you got a gold medal because you cheated, you know you're not a sportsman in my eyes. You're not you're not doing this properly. So be honest. Be honest always. It's happened to me before where I've gone through a match and uh, I hit a no shoot. They scored the shoot, and I've gone through and go. I hit a no shoot, guys. Go back, check. I shot that. That's my hole in that target. You need to change that score sheet and put that no shoot on there. Just, just do it. Don't, don't be dishonest. So That's all I'm going to say about that. Don't cheat. <laughs> watching you. Wilson will come to your house and kick you in the fork. <laughs> One shot at a time. If you're going to break the 180, fire the shot. And don't cheat. Don't cheat. Yeah. <laughs> and shoot the middle of the target. And the middle of the shoot target for the players. Yes. The scoring target, yes. Yeah. <laughs> shoot anywhere um, you want in the no shoot. <laughs> yes. Now, Wyatt Earp said, his, his quote from Wyatt Earp is, fast is fine, but accuracy is final. So shoot fast, accurately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's basically the sport in a nutshell, isn't it? Yes, pretty much. Yeah, except we've got a different motto, power, speed, and accuracy, and all that stuff. But yeah, but yours um, is much simplified. I prefer yours. Yeah. By white Earp, he had a cool moustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a frock coat, which is stylish. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> white Earp, aka Kurt Russell, whatever. <laughs> And a pet dentist with a shotgun. Yes. Oh, yes. you got to have one of those. <laughs> so, uh, tell us a little bit about this long-range thing you've been playing with, Winston. Well, we've been playing. I shot a match the other day. Um, tricky shit, Dad. So, you kind of... 
sort of lying on your side or you're not quite kneeling, but you're not quite prone and you've got a target of like 500 meters away and then you've got time to shoot it and then move and shoot it again and then move again and shoot. It's, it's, it's entertaining. It's, it's, it's actually quite a lot of fun. So I'm going to be doing a bit more of that entry. I'm not going to stop shooting pistol because I will shoot some more pistol, but uh, I'm just thought change up a little bit and shoot a bit of rifle for now. So yeah, it looks, it looks massively interesting. It's, I don't think it's for me, but it, it looks um, it looks complicated. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'll tell you what, it's an equipment race that you like. You don't believe, eh? Yeah, you think you think, oh wow, I've got I've got the best cheese here. But you get there and you go, wow, that's got some cool stuff. Look at that guy's binoculars, and look at his scope, and look at his range rifle, look at his Kestrel, and I'm just I'm so cool. I just got a piece of string on a on a tripod that blows in the wind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I write stuff down in my hand. It's pretty cool. If the string's um, wet, it's raining. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a bit more of that. So. You, you don't shoot as many rounds in a day. So the last match, we only shot 64 rounds, but uh, it was a whole day's worth of shooting, so it's good fun. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot of rifle shooting. Yeah, if we lose a case in IPSC, it's like, I get another one. These oaks don't, eh? They, they find their cases. They, they find cases. Because you've got to remember, like, each case that you're losing is like 25 bucks if you lose one. <laughs> not just the fact that you lost one for 25 bucks. It's the fact that that thing has been shot three times, and it's been neck sized three times, and it's been trimmed and cut and named, and its name's James, and you've got to put it next to the trim bob and otherwise it gets lonely, and you can't leave it lying in the grass, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've shot with one or two super senior Ipsic shooters who treat nine more brass the same. It's not here. The match must stop. I shot 13 rounds. I've got 12 cases. Yeah. If I come back with 12 cases at the end of a match, I'm like, yeah, I got some. Sounds about right. We yeah. need to get more lighties in the sport to pick up the brass for us and patch yeah. targets and buy beers. If you start as a junior, you can be the next Austin Stockbridge. But first, yeah. you have to pick up all our doppies. Yeah. <laughs> pick up a lot of doppies and, and hear a lot of people swearing at you and a lot of people telling you you can do this and you can't do this. But yeah, but it's how you learn. It's, it's how you learn. You've got to... You know, unfortunately, we've lost a lot of that in the shooting sports now. I mean, you tell the youngsters to do stuff and pick up stuff, and they just swear to you and walk away. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do that when I was young. I had to do that. I had to pick that shit up. <laughs> Otherwise, you got slapped. Yeah, because physical violence was still, like, permitted. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah it, was, it was encouraged. It was, I think it was in the somewhere. <laughs> yeah. like, it was like a on the second page or something. You, you had to slap juniors, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in those days, if you went, Dad, Dad, so-and-so hit me, your dad would hit you Where? as well for deserving it. Yeah, you've obviously done something wrong now. Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> 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 Funny stuff. 
Which is also another good sort of thing that would be worth asking is how much of the traditions from sort of back then have changed to now that, that you sort of experience that aren't happening anymore or maybe have changed to something different? Um, there was quite a lot more camaraderie back then. Um, a lot more, uh, I think the guys were like a bit closer. Um, definitely, we are definitely helping each other and, and a lot more sort of game plan and guys I certainly find now that you know it has it always been an individual sport so obviously you're always going to get individuals which, which which need to shoot but whenever we went whenever we went to matches and stuff even provincial teams we'd be like a fierce team you'd go and help each other you'd help this guy and then you'd, you'd, you'd see the guy that's sort of in the lead and you'd, you'd help that guy so you'd you'd go and shoot it like this or like that don't we don't we don't do that anymore really um it's, it's a lot more every man for himself kind of thing and it's it's it, at the nationals now in south africa it's not too bad to do that but when you get overseas you've got to stick together as a team now i've shot with guys in teams as well where you know you got to shoot this and this and everyone's like okay cool we're going to try it like this and then but what the fuck did you just do you just shot a completely different you know i saw something different and i thought i'd give it a go so i'm like well you're either going to do well compromise, or compromise the whole team because you've done something like that so if you're going to shoot as a team stick to a team but again it is an individual sport and you do go there to do the best that you can do so it is difficult um, apart from that you know the, the social the social aspect uh, social aspect of the shoot as well I mean I mean, every man to himself and everyone's got busy lives and stuff like that but after the shoots we used to stay and hang around we used to have a prize giving after every shoot we used Sometimes you used to only leave the range like nine, ten o'clock at night. So you know you get. It's not just not just the question of standing around there drinking and going crazy afterwards, but it's just a question of you know building bonds and friendships and and things like that. So that's also quite cool. I mean, I mean I know you guys have got a good, good group of guys that you shoot with and stuff like that, but you know most of the time you're shooting on our own or shooting with just two or three people. We used to have to arrange training sessions where you'd get like. 10, 20 people at a time shooting training sessions. And, you know, I remember, I didn't do, do this, but I remember I was, a, my dad had a, a training session where they went up to Namibia. They organized a bus to go up to Namibia. Well, they flew up to Namibia, organized a bus. They went and shot there. They had, they had camera crews with them. It was, it was amazing stuff they used to do back then. But, you know, we, things have changed. But, yeah, still the same, same, same stuff. Yeah. So, I have a question that's sort of similar to that. Have the quality of matches improved or have they gone backwards, in your opinion? Uh, so are, are they are they more challenging now? Are they less challenging? Um, I think the standard of shooting has changed. Definitely the standard of shooting has gone down. Um, we used to have a stage of every single match we did called the standards, which was a standard exercise, which would probably be probably about 30 or 40 shots, which were which was a timed event. Uh, and that would literally teach you how to shoot accurately. Look, everybody can shoot fast at the moment. It, it just it seems to be that everybody needs to shoot the, the quickest split, the fastest thing like that. But you, you've got to be able to hit the target. It doesn't matter how fast you can shoot two shots. You, if you, if you miss on the second one, it was it's a total waste of time. So you've got to be able to hit. So the standard exercise when they when they got rid of that that changed that changed shooting quite a lot. 
but the, the, the causes of fire are still the same. It's still challenging and everything like that. Um, some some clubs put up better shoots, shoots than others. Um, there's a couple of shoots where I can't see the point in setting up a mind game where you can see this one from here, but if you stand that side of the tree, you can shoot it again. And if you go around there, you can shoot it again. I can't see the point in having those mind games. But, you know... For the most part of it, it's good. And also, it, there's no point in putting targets, in my mind, no point in putting targets closer than five metres to the shoot. There's there's absolutely no point in that as well. So, yeah, so don't don't have close targets. It's it's fun, but keep it for club matches. Don't don't bring it to leagues and nationals and stuff like that. That makes sense. Did you get to miss those ones faster? Yes, yes. I think you missed it. more of a knob because I missed the target at three metres. Twice. <laughs> Twice. And the shot timer shows that you engaged them. You didn't just like... Yeah. You actually you missed. Your well, splits pick up four shots every two and five because you're getting echo because you're shooting so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> believe as well, it's good to shoot... Different um, different disciplines. Um, you know, we're lucky now. We do there is quite a lot of different disciplines. So shooting rifles, shooting shotgun, shooting shooting long range rifles, shooting all that sort of stuff. It's it's good grounding for for shooting pistol. Remember, a pistol is probably the the hardest of all the firearms to master because you don't you've only got two points of contact. You've only got your two hands. But when you're shooting a rifle, shotgun, or even the PCCs or whatever, you've got three points of contact. So it does make things things a little I'll say a little bit easier. But it is good to have that diversity. So you can learn different techniques that you can do. You go, well that's that works quite well with this, but when you come with a pistol it's different story so definitely worth trying to shoot other stuff look it is expensive and a pain in the ass to get licenses and all the rest of the stuff for other guns but you know, there's enough guys that if you want to shoot a, a, a rifle there's enough guys that shoot to listen can we shoot your rifle and you can do that sort of stuff but it is good to get diversity Definitely. And once you've tried it once, you're probably going to get hooked and you're going to end up buying it anyway. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's dangerous. That's yeah. happened with me with everything I've played with. Like, Terry goes, you want to shoot a shotgun? And, like, the next week I'm buying a shotgun. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, for sure. Yeah, no, uh, there's, there's a guy on this chat here that, that buys stuff, breaks it, sells it, and buys something else. <laughs> I'm not going to point fingers at him, but, uh, Terry, you know who you are. <laughs> the breaks it was the giveaway. <laughs> yes, break shit. Yes, I break anything. Yeah. <laughs> I have broken some. some yeah, but like I said, maybe you don't get hooked up in buying all the best equipment. Get get equipment that's reliable and stuff that you can that you can uh, that you can shoot. That's no point in no point in spending. You can you can go crazy and spend money and go absolutely nuts on equipment, but. Like I've said it before, the, the best equipment doesn't make the best shooter. I mean, you, there's people winning with Glocks at the moment. I mean, you know, just, just <laughs> who, who's, who's doing that, Austin? Oh, those youngsters of today. I've heard that's impossible. <laughs> it cannot be done. Glocks are inaccurate beyond three meters. Which yeah, is why we can't put targets at five meters and and further because. Yeah. We put the red dots on so you can shoot up to ten meters with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's some sniper shit now. Snipers, yeah. Oh, from behind cover. 
<laughs> you have to go clean from that 10 meter shot. Yeah. <laughs> so that means fiber optics uh, guarantee you 8 meters. Is that what you're yeah, yeah, 7 to 8 meters is fiber, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. If you've got a 12 meter shot, you should be going prone. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Firing you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Another good, uh, another good discipline to um, to try and have a look at is uh, is Bianchi. Um, there's a couple of Bianchi matches. I think it's probably about four or five Bianchi matches in, in during the year. Well, during a normal year, obviously, um, it's definitely worth coming to shoot the Bianchi matches. A timed event. You've got a fixed number of rounds, fixed number of strings. It's it's, it's very very good, and uh, that that's very humbling as well. You can get your get your points. If you lose a point, you don't get it back. You can either hit hit or miss. So it's definitely worth at least giving it a bash, trying it out once or twice. Um, you soon realise that you've got to be able to control your time, control your score, and really watch those sights. It really is a, it's a, it's a, it's a game changer of a match. That is, it shows you, shows you where you're stuffing up. That's for sure. You know, you're trying to hit a. I can't remember what the size of the, uh, the middle of the target is, but it's, it's quite small, and especially when you're at 50 meters, it's, it becomes quite, it just becomes a black dot. But yeah, uh, so what sort of rifle do you use for this 50 meter shooting? Uh, um, you can you get this um, this like Roni kits you can put on. There's <laughs> <laughs> Colt. It's good. <laughs> I think we may need to arrange a uh, a group trip to to a Bianchi match. Yes, no. Premier um, holds a Bianchi match every couple of months. Um, obviously, I don't know what's happening now, but. You know, when they when they come up and go and shoot them, we don't get many people shoot them, and you be finished be finished by twelve if you if you really at it. So, but it's good fun. You know, runner event, plate event, practical event, and um, a barricade event. So it's four, only four stages, mm. and it's forty eight rounds per stage. So. Oh, so it's it's good fun. Good there's fun. no fill in, so you go home with change from two hundred rounds. You're not supposed to fill in. Look, some oaks do, but you're not supposed to. <laughs> Steve Anderson said, if you call it off, you send another. <laughs> yes, but you've only got six shots. <laughs> and you get up to your target, and you've got you've got seven shots on the target, and if they don't take one away, they take the best one away. So it doesn't matter. Don't try shots. <laughs> Strictly Virginia count. Yes. If you've got seven shots and you've got one right in the middle, that's the one that's coming out. <laughs> so one that will get patched first. Yeah. 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 We should arrange that. That should be fun. It's good fun, yeah, guys. It's probably going to be rubbish at it, but I'm keen to try it. I've done one Bianchi 4 and that was good fun. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. What you've got to remember as well is it doesn't matter what shoot you go to, you'll never finish last. Oh, there's always going to be someone shitter than you. You'll never finish last. Even when I was the last, there was another guy that got deeply more spectacular than I did. Somewhere there's a dude who's always last who's going, this Austin dude yeah. knows nothing about yeah. shooting. He's clearly wrong. <laughs> it's just a, I, all I can picture is some dude looking at the results of his last match going, but, but I'm lost. <laughs> but, but I really am lost. <laughs> Sorry, if your name starts with a Z and ends with a Z, you're probably that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but you'll never... The gun show listeners never finish last. Don't finish last, yeah. 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 And if you do, find another podcast. Yeah, this is not a platform for you. No. <laughs> Except for our Vietnamese listener, we don't mind what you do. You, you, you do you first. <laughs> <laughs> he just unsubbed because we said he finishes last. Fuck. <laughs> 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 always finish first. <laughs> That's the key to happiness, I hear. <laughs> My wife says. She says I always finish first. Yeah. <laughs> but she's complaining about it for some reason. I don't know. I thought it was good to be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, if anyone wants to get hold of, of Austin and the guys at MRST, we're going to put all their contact details in the show notes. So if you need to... Links down below. Uh, so if you need guns, ammo, gunsmithing, abuse, um, we'll uh, we'll make sure that you can get hold of the guys. Uh, and uh, we've and if you need to cut your gun for a red dot, they're the guys. Just take your guys. Well, we've been doing it for twenty odd years now, so we kind of figured it out now. Yeah, and also we we've got some we've got some we've got some pretty sound advice. Um, Use it, don't use it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the best of us, but it's worked for us over the last few years. Um, worked out in our office the other day that between my dad, my brother, and myself, we've got nearly 80 years of IPSC shooting experience in that workshop. So, yeah. yeah. yeah we've, and, we've, a, and a rugby jersey that hangs above that one door. You take that back, it's a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And now we need to convince your dad to write a book. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, maybe you, you never know. You never know. You maybe. I mean, the amount of institutional IPC knowledge there. Yes, look, I mean, I, 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 I like joking we about him. sit down and record while he talks about it. Yes. Yeah, you know, he needs to put a speaker in his mind and talk and go in there. Like I said, he's probably working on 1911s right right from the beginning. I think he was he was probably just a boy when, when Sam was building those cults, but you know, he's, he's been working on 1911s for, for ages, guys. Like, no jokes, like... Yeah, he, he knows the inside outs of a, of a 1911, that's for sure. And then when 2011s came along, it was just, well, it's just a little bit bigger. So, yeah, things are happening. Things are happening. Yeah, so, you know, come around and talk shit. And, Some of yeah. the most beautiful guns. Yes, they don't come out very often, but, you know, if you come around at the right time and the right place and the sun and the stars and the moon and everything, and you'll see my dad taking his 1911s for a walk around the garden, you know, catch that day out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've seen some of them, but... Uh... Let me know when the stars are aligning and stuff, so I can. Yeah, no, I, I, must, I need to. I need to warm him up again and tell him to have another day where we can have a few people around on a Saturday afternoon, and he can bring out his toys. Yeah, that'll be I know, amazing. Yeah, I know there'll be a few people. Sure. Yeah. No, we've done it once or twice before. It's good fun. Some of the some of the, some of the guys that I've seen. I remember, and, and yeah, it's good fun. It's stuck in my mind that in the August 1993 mm. issue of Magnum magazine, they interviewed a whole lot of the top 
sharpshooters at the time about their competition yeah. guns and their carry guns. And there was this Roger Stockbridge guy who bought what I think it was four or five Colt Commanders yeah. and like assembled all the best bits and then sold his friend's guns made out of the other bits. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I still remember the day he showed me that gun yeah. 30 years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of those guns came out today as well. So if you come over there with the right attitude and you come out there with a gun made of all steel, he'll, you'll get, he'll get his respect. <laughs> 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 he he really likes Glocks and he really likes it if you tell him how awesome Glocks are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he actually used to carry a Glock for a while. <laughs> I think purely because the 1911 didn't have enough ammo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's good, guys. I think so. Really, really, thanks very much for letting me come on here and talk shit for a couple of wow almost two hours yeah it's been awesome <laughs> that was amazing thank you so much it was it was fucking awesome hearing hearing all of that we really yeah. appreciate you spending the time with us no we really appreciate it really really excellent yeah that was great thanks a lot uh, Austin I really appreciate no, it it was good to learn all of those new things yeah for sure I mean if you want to chat phone me you know you got my number phone me anytime anyway you want to go on the range, we can organize a day of the range or an afternoon on the range and stuff like that. You know, give you a couple of pointers. Something like that. Come, I'll come and patch your toilets or pick up your cases or something like that. No, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'll, yeah, I'll keep that, that in mind. Thank you. Yeah, no, definitely. Give me a shout. Will do. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks so much. And on that, later, losers. Take care, guys. Thank <laughs> you.